Well, today we are wrapping up a collection of sermons that we've entitled Roots, and uh, we've been looking at this Nicene Creed uh, to help us really strengthen our roots of faith, and today is uh, the final sermon in this collection, and I got to tell you, I am super excited about it. Let me give you a couple practical things. Number one, if you are watching on church online at faithchurchcast.org, uh, to your right of your screen, you'll see kind of a, a section where you're watching the chat scroll by, but there's another tab there that says notes. And uh, you can click that notes tab and follow along with the sermon notes. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, uh, our team is going to be posting some of the notes and scriptures so you can follow along. Uh, and of course, on our central hub is uh, a card there that says sermon notes where you can pull out your a mobile device and take your own notes and then email them to yourself right after. And uh, today I want to bring a sermon entitled, Take the Plunge. Part two, come on, part two, part one was last Sunday. If you missed any of the sermons in this collection, you can go back to our YouTube channel or faithchurchcast.org on our central hub and find those. And last Sunday, we we kind of talked about baptism and uh, taking the plunge of water baptism. And and we said this, the, the whole sermon came down to this one sentence. One of the baptisms that the Bible talks about starts us in the faith. One baptism publicly states our faith, and the other baptism strengthens our faith. That while there is one baptism, water baptism, that identifies and helps us receive that full forgiveness of our sins, or that one baptism that acknowledges our forgiveness, that we've been forgiven, that's water baptism, the Bible does teach about three different baptisms, or at least it uses the word baptism to talk about it in three different experiences. And we said the first baptism, the one that starts our faith, is the believer's baptism. That's when the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ so that we have eternal life. The second baptism is water baptism. Water baptism is what happens when disciples baptize us in water uh, so that we can be identified as disciples. And coming up on June 27th, on a Saturday evening, we are doing a special celebration service. And this celebration service is going to be for water baptism and baby dedication. Now, baby dedication is different than infant baptism. Uh, But water baptism and baby dedication, we're going to be celebrating these on June 27th. And so if you've never been water baptized, you're a follower of Jesus, but you've never made that public statement of the inward submission as a follower of Jesus, don't wait. Sign up today to be water baptized uh, coming up on June 27th. And uh, also, if you're interested, you've got an infant that you want to dedicate to the Lord and uh, pray a blessing. We want to come alongside you and bless you and your family and your child. Uh, You can sign up on our central hub for that as well. But that's the second baptism. And then the third baptism, and this is where we want to spend our time today, is talking about Holy Spirit baptism. Um, And this is when Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit so that we have strength to live out the Christian faith. And that's what we want to talk about today. In fact, Jesus talked about it this way. These are Jesus' own words talking about Holy Spirit baptism. He said this in Luke 24, starting in verse 46. He, He told them, this is what is written, 
The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. In fact, if you believe that, come on, somebody say amen right there. And, 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 and when we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that he died for us, that's what makes us a believer a believer's baptism is experienced, and that's what it's talking about. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Well, we know that forgiveness of sins, that's identified, and we identify that we've been forgiven when we are water baptized. And then it goes, he goes on to say, he doesn't stop there, and he says this, and he says, and you are witnesses of these things, and I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you have been empowered from on high. Jesus wants to send you the Holy Spirit as a gift promised from God. And it's so important, and this gift is a good gift. The Holy Spirit is there, and, and I want to talk today a little bit about the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and even kind of what's the purpose behind this third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I, I was thinking uh, today about, or this week, about the, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We've, we've been talking about the Trinity and that we believe in a God that is a triune God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three people, three distinct roles, and one God. Like All three are in perfect unity and unison. And, and uh, the Nicene Creed talks about this triune God, the Trinity, all throughout it. And at the roots of of our Christian faith is this understanding that it is God who loved us so much that he wanted to have a family, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to give us the power to be a part of God's family through the powerful work of what he did at the cross. And then he wants to send us the Holy Spirit to enable us and give us power beyond what we've ever been able to do on our own, a strength beyond our human strength, a Holy Spirit strength to help us live out the mission that he's called us to. When I was thinking about these three baptisms and thinking about the, uh, the, the triune God, the Trinity, the, the three-in-one God, I, I couldn't help but try to think about this in emoji terms, right? Like we're using emojis for everything these days. And it's a lot of fun. Sometimes people send you an emoji and you're like, I'm not so sure that that's what that means. Or, and you're not really sure. You have to kind of like decode it or whatever. But I was thinking about this. Like when you put your faith in Jesus, you become a believer. You become a part of the family of God. It's like the fist bump, right? Like it's the holy fist bump. Right When we all re-enter the building, there's going to be less handshakes and more holy fist bumps, right? Like, hey, what's up? You belong, right? Like, this is going to be like our, our universal symbol as a church. Like, hey, you belong. That's right. You're, you're part of the family. Hey, we love you. Go ahead. Put, light up the chat rooms right now. Go ahead. Give me a little pound, right? Pound it right there. You know you belong to the family of God. But then it wasn't just that God loved us so much that he wanted a family. He sent Jesus to make it possible. And I was thinking about this, that like when you are water baptized, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And like you get this like flex right there. Come on, like I know this is a little weak, but go ahead in the emoji. You put it in the chat rooms. Give me that flex right there. Show me the flex because 
Because when you get baptized, you, you make a public statement and you join the body of Christ. Like there's something strong about identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus. But then this third baptism, there's like this power from on high. You go from a, a normal human flex to the bionic arm flex, right? Like the ultimate muscle, Iron Man level strength. And that's what happens when we experience the Holy Spirit. Listen, here's, here's why the Holy Spirit matters. If you don't hear anything, hear this. If you are going to live out your purpose, if you are going to live a God-honoring life in the world today, you need strength beyond what you have on your own. Like if the goal of Christianity is just to get to heaven, then the moment you are baptized, we would put you under the water and keep you there till the bubble stopped so you could fulfill your destiny and just go to heaven. But you were designed for more than that. You were called to, to bring the culture of heaven and colonize earth with it. And if we're gonna do that today, in today's society and throughout the ages, Jesus knew you can't do it by yourself. So he wanted to send you a helper, somebody stronger than you to come alongside to help you live in strength of your faith. And that is the Holy Spirit. Now, as a, as a church, as a faith church community, our church, while we are a non-denominational church, the roots of our faith and belief are very Pentecostal. And you might be saying, like, hold on, Pentecostal, like, is that like... Is it Pentecostal like crazy holding snakes or Pentecostal like you don't wear makeup? Like which Pentecostal is it? And I would say neither. Uh, the day of Pentecost uh, was one of the celebrations. In fact, it was 50 days from Passover. In the Jewish culture and history, they had these different celebrations and they would be grouped together. Three big celebrations and two, the first two major uh, kind of categories of celebrations was Passover, which had some other smaller feast in there, but then uh, Pentecost. And there's another one that, that comes later. Um, and it's just, just don't, don't get too confused by that. Just think about when we, th when we call our holiday season, right? We, we, we love the holidays when they come, but we celebrate Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's, those are all of our holidays. Well, Passover had many different holidays or festivals that they would celebrate. And Passover was the time where they celebrated the death of the lamb, that the lamb passed over as, when they were slaves in Egypt. And we know that Jesus fulfilled Passover, right? Like he died on Passover. Like that was when he died. He was the ultimate sacrifice. But then 50 days later, they were around the mountain and Pentecost was the day when God descended and spoke to Moses and gave them the Ten Commandments, and he wrote the law on the tablets. Well, fast forward 50 days from the day Jesus died uh, on the cross, fast forward past that, that Sunday morning of Easter resurrection, 50 days later, you have the day of Pentecost when they're all together in the upper room. And now from this moment on, the grace and the gospel of God will be written now on the hearts of men everywhere and the spirit will go with them. But don't get tripped out by the word Pentecost because if you break it down, the word Pentecost just simply means 50, 50. 
Are you a Pentecostal church? Well, if you mean by that that we believe that 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit showed up and we believe in the fullness of the Spirit, then yes. I grew up Pentecostal in that way. But if you're thinking like, hey, let's grab some snakes and have some fun and run around the building and wave some flags and blow on people and knock them over and, hey, let's, let's not wear makeup and everybody's got to wear skirts and we have a certain dress code, then by all means, no. Right? And I know as we start talking about the Holy Spirit, you, you may have heard some things about the Holy Spirit. And maybe you, you've, you've either been incorrectly taught or you haven't been taught at all. And I realize that there's a wide spectrum of people tuning in and watching today and listening in to these words. Can I just tell you that Jesus said that he was giving us a gift, a gift from the Father? And any gift from God is a gift that I want. And I've come to discover through Scripture and through my own personal journey that the Holy Spirit isn't somebody to be feared or found mysterious, but rather He is a comforter who is your best friend. And I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Now, all through Scripture, as you read the Bible, you'll understand that the Bible loves its metaphors. Right? And as believers of God, we love our metaphors too. Like we, gotta, we, gotta, we use words for different things to like tell different stories and other things. Like, like some of the illustrations or biblical metaphors for the Holy Spirit are like wind and fire and oil and wine and water. These, these are some of the, the, the metaphors that the Bible uses to talk about, to try to explain, to speak about the Holy Spirit. And so today I actually want to use water to help illustrate who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and why you need to get to know him. And simply, I want to start by saying this. The first thing today, real simple, three things, because all great sermons have three points. And uh, the God that we serve is a, a triune God. And we're talking about three baptisms. So why not go ahead and have three main points. It just seems more holy to me. I don't, I don't know. Here we go. First, first thought is this. The Holy Spirit is near you. He's near you. He's near me. He's near us. Look at John 16, starting in verse 7. These are the words of Jesus. He says this, very truly I tell you, it is, it is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people don't believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit wants to come near you. The Holy Spirit is the one that draws you to help you understand that you need God. And the Holy Spirit is this advocate or helper. It's the, it's the Greek word parakletos. It's this one that comes alongside to help you be a better you to help strengthen you to live out this life. And Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, it's better if I go to heaven and instead I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, he's gonna be near you and he's gonna bring you closer to God. 
The Holy Spirit wants to be near you so that he can help you get nearer to God. May not be good grammar, but it's great theology. Right? Like, like you, you can get closer to God because the Holy Spirit is drawing you closer. In other words, the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he gets close to us and he gets near to us is help us realize that we've messed up. Like he shows us, hey, listen, you're wrong here. He doesn't bring us guilt, but he does bring us awareness. He doesn't bring us guilt, but he does bring us awareness. And so he comes to convince us and open our eyes to see the reality of our sin in a way that we've never seen it before. There is a difference. There's an awareness that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us. He wants to, when I was playing uh, sports growing up, the coaches would come alongside and say, hey, I've been watching you, and this is what you've been doing. You keep, especially in baseball, I would always step out of the batter's box as I swung. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't step into the ball. I would step kind of away from the ball to open myself, open myself up. And they were seeing some things that I couldn't see. There were some things that I was unaware of that I was doing that was hindering my ability to play the game right. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes alongside, doesn't bring you guilt, but he says, I need you to be aware of this thing. It's hindering you from getting closer to God. It's not guilt. It's a loving awareness that he brings to us. And then he says, not only that, the Holy Spirit comes near and he's gonna convince you of righteousness, not convince you that you aren't righteous, the other way around, convince you that you are the righteousness of God, that Jesus died for you, you've accepted him, and he's made you right, and that you can have a relationship with Jesus. Why was that important? Because Jesus isn't here in the flesh anymore. You don't get to walk with Jesus in person, but you do get to be a family member in God's family, and you do have the Holy Spirit near you, showing you Jesus, pointing you to Jesus, drawing you closer to Jesus. And then finally, he says the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to convince you of judgment, not that you're going to get judged because you're bad, and you're going to have to answer to God for that, young man. No. He's actually trying to convince you that it is the enemy of your soul who will one day stand condemned in judgment. That there will be a day when Satan is brought before the courts of heaven and says, hey, you've got to answer for the deception. You've got to answer for the lies. You've got to answer for the racism. You've got to answer for the hate. You've got to answer for the immorality. You've got to answer for all of the things that you've been doing in this world to bring harm to the people of God. And you are now condemned and thrown into hell forever. Come on, one day Satan is going to burn with hell too. And the Holy Spirit wants to convince you, you're not the one that's going to have to face this judgment. He's going to be judged. Why? Because Jesus already stood where you need to be judged. And he took your judgment for you. See, it's like this. The Holy Spirit comes, and when the Holy Spirit gets near you, he washes you clean. And you take the water, and the water is poured out, and the Holy Spirit washes you so that you are clean inside and out. He's near you. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit to be near me so that he can begin to clean me and help me live a clean and pure and a God-honoring life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is near you, and he's near me. Here's the second thing that you need to understand about the Holy Spirit today 
is that not only is the Holy Spirit near you, the Holy Spirit also wants to be within you. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants to be within you. Look at John 14, verse 16. It says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me any more, but you will see me. Because I live, where, uh, because I live, you will also live. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, and in case you don't know what he's talking about, he clarifies it. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have ever said. Let me ask you a question. Isn't it uh, helpful in life to have somebody to coach you? Somebody to help give you direction when you don't know where to go? And somebody to bring you comfort when you feel hurting? And isn't it good to know that God wants, and he's already thought about it, to help you understand truth and see it so you can learn and grow as a disciple? I know I am. Who, how does that happen, Holy Spirit? Who's the one that, as I'm reading the Bible, I begin to understand what Scripture says? It's the Holy Spirit who's teaching me those things. The Holy Spirit who is within me is revealing truth to me. Listen, if you're reading the Bible and you're like, I can't understand this, this doesn't help me, that's because you need the right teacher. You need the Holy Spirit to be within you. Because when the Holy Spirit is within you, you can begin reading and he illuminates truth to you. But I want you to know that every believer, every person who's put their faith in Jesus already has the Holy Spirit within them. Look at John chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus said this. He had already risen from the dead. He had shown up. Uh, he hadn't yet ascended to heaven, but he was hanging out with them. And he did this. And at that moment, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Breathed on him. That's that, that word ruach. Literally the breath of God. You see, it was in that moment that everything came full circle. See, the old creation began with God breathing life into humanity. Genesis chapter, uh, the first three chapters of Genesis. Where God had formed man in the dust and then all of a sudden it breathed. <sighs> Ruach, the breath of God, and man became a living being. In other words, the minute the breath of God exits your life, the minute you stop breathing, you stop the oxygen that you need to sustain life as a human. Why? Because you were meant to be sustained by something beyond you, and it's the life and the breath of God. The old creation began with God breathing in humanity, and the new creation in Christ Jesus, where all things are old, have been passed away, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The new creation begins with the breath of God's Son saying, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, it's Romans 8, 1 and 2 that says it this way. Therefore, because the Spirit of God is within you, because the Holy Spirit is within you, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives us life, has set us free from the law of sin and death. See, right now, the Holy Spirit might cleanse you in a moment. 
But the next baptism happens when you allow the Holy Spirit. You say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit moves within you. See, the moment of salvation is the moment when the old goes away and the new comes in. There's a renovation of your spirit that takes place. Your old sinful life gets thrown out, cleansed out, and buried, and then the Spirit of God moves in. I I, I know, when we're talking to kids, we always say, hey, Jesus is in your heart. That's, we, we could say that, but to be more accurate, it's actually the Holy Spirit that is not within you. Why? Because Jesus is actually seated at the right hand of God, resurrected in bodily form, interceding for you and me every day. Jesus is at the right hand of God, and when the enemy tries to come and bring condemnation to God about you, Jesus is there to slam the door as your, as your advocate standing there, as your lawyer and your defense to come to you and say, no, no, they've been justified. That sin has already been taken care of. See, Jesus is in heaven, seated next to God. Well, who's with you? The Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, if I go away... I'm going to send the Spirit to you. And when Jesus was telling his disciples and he breathed on them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit, what happened? It was That was the moment that many theologians, and although I'm not a theologian, I would tend to agree, it was at that moment Peter, James, John, and all the other 11 disciples became saved. That was the moment of their salvation. See, this is what happens when You're living your own life, and whether you prayed a prayer or you just cried out to God, God, I need you, I want to follow you. When you make the choice to submit your life, your will, your way of doing things to God's way, you become new on the inside, and that newness isn't something you do, it's the Holy Spirit becoming resident within you. Every believer, every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit within them. He's in there. He is already within you, but there's more. See, he's within you, but he hasn't filled you. You're you're not empty. You're, You're just not as full as you could be. He's in you. He's sealed. You're going to heaven. You've been made new. You are the righteousness of God. You are a child of God. You are chosen of God. You are saved as saved can be. You may be a mean old cuss, but you're saved, mean old cuss. Like, it's still there. You have some strength, but you don't have all the strength that you could have. I hope this is, I hope this is translating through this screen. I need to see some amens right now. I need to hear you. I need to know that you're with me. See, the Spirit is within you. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is already in you. He is within you. But there is more that he could fill within you as well. And and this brings us to the third point today. And that's this. The Holy Spirit, not only is he near you, not as the Holy Spirit within you, but the Holy Spirit wants to come up on you, all up on you. He wants to fill you to overflow. Look look at the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, He gave them this command. Now, this is Jesus talking. It's not me. It's not another preacher. This is Jesus. In the Bible, these words are read. Jesus is talking. 
Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, um, Lord, is, when the Holy Spirit shows up, is this when we're going to like riot and storm the castle and take back Jerusalem? Is this when we're going to overthrow the Roman government? Is this when it's going to happen? And Jesus responds to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but instead you will receive power. Somebody say power. Come on, not like the human flex, it's the bionic flex, right? Like it's the bionic flex emoji. You will receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word power comes in the original language, the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. This explosive power, this boldness, this courage, this fullness. Right now, this cup has a little water. It's got a little bit because the Holy Spirit is within you. And Jesus said, but wait for the full promise of the Spirit. Because when the Spirit comes upon you, then you will be witnesses. It goes on. You, you keep reading the story. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse one, uh, 1 through verse 4, you see the fullness of this very thing. You'll see what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's read it together. Here's, here's the fullness. Here's the feeling. Here's what it looked like, sounded like, and was like. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place through a live stream broadcast. Sorry, just trying to update you, keep you up, up and aware. They were all together, 120 of them. We're all together in one room, not social distancing at all. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire or flickers of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were filled. Somebody say filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And they were all filled. How many of them were filled that day? All were filled. All of them were filled. It wasn't enough for just a couple of them to be. It wasn't just Peter and John that got filled. It wasn't just the 12 apostles or 11 apostles that got filled. It was all of them that got filled. See, it was in that moment while they were waiting, Jesus says, I'm going to send you something, and you need this gift. You need the Holy Spirit to come not only be in you, not to be within you, but to come up on you and to fill you. And the Bible says while they were there, it was like the Holy Spirit came and began to fill them to the point where it began to overflow. And John says, Jesus told them that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water and you can quench the thirst of others and you can remind them of the gospel and all of a sudden they were filled with boldness. And the Bible goes on to say in Acts 2 that, that they began to hear as they were speaking in tongues that all of the people around them that had gathered from every tribe, tongue, and language for this festival, they were all together and they heard in their own native language 
the wonderful works of God being declared. They heard the gospel. And Peter stood up with a new level of boldness and said, all y'all, repent and believe. And then you too can receive the Holy Spirit. It is a promise for you and for all your children to follow. In other words, Peter was being very clear that the Holy Spirit was a gift for all humanity, not a gift just for the select apostles. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you have... You've heard that the Holy Spirit fills you as a believer, but there's not a a Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus would beg to differ. See, Jesus had blown them and said, you received the Spirit. That was their moment of salvation. The Holy Spirit was in them. He just hadn't filled them yet. So they went into an upper room and waited for 50 days. For day after day, they were waiting for the promise of the Spirit to show up. When the Holy Spirit shows up, friends, he wants to fill you just like he filled Jesus. He wants to lead you just like he led Jesus. He wants to empower you just like he empowered Jesus. Look at, in Luke chapter 3 and 4, you see Jesus' baptism. When he came up out of the water, in other words, after he was water baptized, the Spirit fell on him like a dove. And the Bible says that from there he was led by the Spirit full of the Spirit, into the wilderness. And then when he returned out of the wilderness, he returned out of the wilderness empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus did every miracle as a human man empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead wants to live and dwell and overfill your life and my life. It is a gift, it is a promise, and it is something that you need and an experience that I need. And I know a lot of people get caught up on the, yeah, but like, isn't that going to make me weird? No, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird, and they do weird things and blame the Holy Spirit. No, they were weird before the Holy Spirit. They're probably still weird. Holy Spirit's trying to fill out the weird out of them, but it hadn't worked yet. And when the Holy Spirit comes and he fills your life, he wants to be your guide. Ever felt lost and not sure what to do next? You need a guide. Ever felt in a moment where you felt completely depleted and and out of the life of God and you just felt like about all of life? out of spiritual vigor and energy. Everything felt stale and dry. You know what you need? That's because what was in you has been poured out of you and you need more. And that's why God gives you the gifts that he gives you so that at any moment in time, you can go and stir back up the gifts of the spirit that are within you so that you can overflow again. Why? Because it's gonna leak. The Holy Spirit is like the holy air compressor for the tires of your life. That every once in a while, those tires lose some air. And the Spirit is there to air you back up and fill you full. Why? So that you can live the Christian life that you were called to live. And when the Spirit moves in, yes, he brings you gifts. Yes, there's a prayer language available to every believer who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, there is fruit of the Spirit. Ever feel like you've got a a lot of love, joy, and peace, but you're missing self-control, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness? Ever wondered where those fruits were? Waiting for you to be filled some more? 
love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness can pour out of your life and overflow from your life to impact someone else's life because Jesus is waiting to impact the world and his plan to impact the world was to use you and to use me and in order to be an impact in the world, in order to be a change agent, if we're gonna bring the culture of heaven and colonize earth with it, it's gonna require that you and I are filled with a strength that isn't just a normal flex, but is that bionic flex of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You need to be filled. Now, I realize that today, and even in the last couple of weeks, for many of you, this is a new subject matter, and you've been looking, and you're like, okay, well, I think I want the Holy Spirit, but I, I don't know about tongues, or I don't, I don't know about this. Is that like biblical is it this is it that and 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 i'm so glad that many of you have questions and i want to give you an opportunity to ask them and so that i can answer them and so this wednesday which is our first wednesday normal prayer time we're gonna do something different we're i'm going to host a zoom call for anyone who wants to join in and i'm going to answer any questions that you have and walk you through and explain to you The difference between a public tongue and the personal grace, a prayer language, praying in the spirit that the Bible talks about. I'm going to talk to you about this personal prayer language of the spirit. When you see in there in Acts 2 and they were filled with the spirit and they began to speak in tongues, I want to explain to you what that is and talk to you about how you can receive your own prayer language from the spirit that will strengthen you and stir you and equip you for all that God has for you. I want to talk to you about how you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you're interested, this Wednesday, there's uh, one step you need to take before Wednesday night. If you want to be a part of this discussion and hear the, the I'm going to answer some most uh, frequently asked questions and walk you through biblically. If you want to be a part of that, you need to grab your cell phone. Type in the number 620-604-9280. That's our text line here as a church. We use it for all sorts of things. And text the keyword Zoom, Z-O-O-M. Text the keyword Zoom to that number, 620-604-9280, and we'll send you a unique link to get into the Zoom call. Now, this Zoom call is not going to be on Facebook. It's not going to be on YouTube. And we're not publishing it on our website. If you want to be a part of it, you're going to have to text in. You'll get the link right back. You can join us on the Zoom call Wednesday, this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. If you have questions, you can text those questions in to that same text number. There's going to be instructions, and I want you to do it. I want you to join me. I want to talk more about this. I want to show you in Scripture how tongues isn't demonic. The gift of the Spirit didn't die with the first apostles. And there is yet a, this third baptism experience that God wants for every believer, not just to be a believer, not just to be water baptized, but to experience the Holy Spirit baptism that fills you to the point of overflowing so that you can be filled to live out the life and the purpose that God has for you. And you can do it with the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me more saved than you. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't make you a better Christian than someone else. Being filled with the Spirit 
does it make me better than you? Being filled with the Spirit makes me a better me. Being filled with the Spirit makes you a better you. Being filled with the Spirit gives you the advocate and the help and the bionic supernatural power of God's strength that you need to live your life in a God-honoring way, fulfilling the purpose that he's called you to. Some of us feel weak and worn out in our lives. You want to know why? It's not because you're not saved. It's not because you're not saved enough. No. You're saved as saved can be. You just need to let the Holy Spirit come up and on you and fill you to overflow and to refresh you and to refresh others and to bring life to the world around you. Listen, the Holy Spirit, he is your friend, he is your guide, he is your helper, he is near you, he is within you, and he wants to come up on you and fill you to overflow so you can live the Christian life to its fullness, with strength. You want to know how to have strong roots in your faith? Ultimately, it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you today for those that are hearing this message. God, for many people, their eyes are being opened and understanding is beginning to occur and they're beginning to see scriptures in a new way, in a fresh way. God, for some other people, you're as I've been speaking, I pray that the water of the Spirit has kind of been washing the bad taste out of their mouth, out of the things that they thought that it meant. And God, for some of us, we are being reinvigorated and you're reigniting a passion for us to be filled and be being filled as Ephesians tells us to do, where we can constantly come to you and allow your filling to occur again and again and again. And so, Lord, I pray that wherever we're at, wherever we're going through, whatever we've been hearing and whatever perspective we're coming from, Lord, that you would be here with us, reassuring us that every good gift, it comes from you, and every gift that you give is a good gift. And the Holy Spirit is a good gift that we need to live our lives for you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us all the courage and the willingness to grab our phones and text the keyword Zoom, taking that next step, joining us together this Wednesday at seven o'clock, Lord, as we dive into your word a little deeper and we learn how we can be filled with your spirit to the fullness and all of the gifts and the fruit and the language that you wanna give to us, Lord. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Because your love is great and it casts out all of our fear. So God, we want more of you and all that you have to offer us so that we can live for you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, 
would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.